0: At the end of *Meseret beitza we began to explore the idea of self-awareness, which we uh, understood as being one of the most important capacities—to uh, be able to influence other people, to be able to inspire other people, to be an effective leader in any in any form whatsoever. Uh, and the idea of self-awareness is going very deep. And today, in Daft Dalit of *Rosh Hashanah*, we're going to go even further in understanding the subtlety, the the nuances of of self-awareness. What is the underlying motivation that really drives our actions. Not the surface level motivation, but for real self-awareness from a Torah perspective, it's necessary to be able to get down deep and understand in the deepest way the, the lower layers, the deeper layers of what's really motivating us into action. And this comes as a very interesting discussion in the Gemara about King Darius, the Persian king who conquered uh, Babylon, conquered Bovel. He was in the 6th century BCE and gave the Jewish people the right to return to Israel and build the second base. I make in the time of Ezra. Uh, and he's quite a complex individual that shows signs of, of greatness and and understanding of, of Hashem and of morality. Uh, and at times he doesn't seem to quite live up to that level. And the Gemara notices that whereas we count the years for kings from Tishrei if they're generally the non-Jewish kings and from Nisan if they're Jewish kings, the idea being that Tishrei is the time of uh, the world we, we, we celebrate with Rosh Hashanah and Tishrei, the creation of the physical world, the world that is governed by the laws of physics and the laws of science. Whereas in Nissan, the idea of Nes uh, is the world that is governed not only by the laws of physics, the laws of physics don't govern the world of Nissan; they are the means, the method uh, by which things happen. But the reasons for which things happen uh, are hu- human behavior. That's what, what Nissan is and the idea of of the Rosh Hashanah of Nisan of of the Jewish people subjecting themselves to God's will means that that nature is subject not only to God's will but to human behavior as we read in the second paragraph of the Shema but in the non-Jewish and the secular worlds that that doesn't exist people have opted just to function in a world that is purely governed by the laws of physics in a random sort of a way and if we're talking about a righteous Jewish king then we count his years from the from Nisan. If we're talking about a king who is not righteous or a non-Jewish king, we count the years from Tishrei. In the case of Darius, we find both. There were times when he was counted from Nisan and times when he was counted from Tishrei. And Rabbi Yitzchak says at the bottom of Daf Gimel Amud Beit that the difference was uh, kan kodim shehechmitz, kan l'achal the one counting, meaning the counting from the which is reserved for the more righteous kings, was Kodem Mitz before he soured, before he became chametz. It's quite an interesting phrase. Whereas the later years he's counted from Tishrei, that's Achal mitz after he um, soured, after he, so to say, went off the tracks. And then the Gemara goes into this discussion about how do we know he went off the, the tracks? What kind of evidence is there that he went off the tracks? And the Gomorrah brings um, a, a verse from Ezra where King Darius instructs his officers to provide the Beit HaMikdash with anything the Kohanim require and to provide it from his own treasury, which sounds very great. That sounds wonderful. Um, and And the problem is that he adds there. At the end of that instruction, he just says, I want that to be the case. I want the Beit HaMikdash to be rebuilt and to function well. So that the Jewish people can bring sacrifices to the God of the heavens. And then he adds, And may also pray for the life and well-being of their king and his children, meaning Darius himself. And so the Gomorrah sees that by his adding that phrase, he's spoiling his generous uh, gesture of rebuilding the, the Beis HaMikdash and providing from his own treasury for the functioning of the Beis HaMikdash. He spoils that with the self-interest of, and the reason I want the temple to be rebuilt is that the Jewish people will pray for the king in the in the Beis HaMikdash. And the Gomorrah then goes on to an interesting discussion and says, but we've also um learned already in Psachim and elsewhere that if a person says, If a person says, I'm giving this charity for the purpose of my child's recovery, or for the purpose that I may inherit, I may be, be worthy of 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 the world to come, that's still a tzadik amur. So it seems okay to be able to do a good deed, even if there's self-interest as part of the motivation. And the Gemara says the difference is between the way uh, Jewish values work and the way secular values work is that with Jewish values, yes, I'm giving it in the hope that this will also benefit the recovery of my child, but that's not the sole purpose. And so if, God forbid, my child does not recover, I don't take the charity back. I don't even regret having given it. The giving is is complete and with a full heart. I'm hoping that one of the outcomes of the giving will be the recovery. Whereas the the more secular approach is, I'm giving this for a purpose. So when Darius said they must rebuild the temple and, and provide it with everything that it needs so that they will pray for my children, for me and my children, that is the purpose. That's the intention. That's the motivation. It's not just an outcome that that i'm hoping that through their prayers and through the fact that i facilitated the building of the base i'm hoping that hashem will regard that in my merit and the merit of my children it's not that instead he's actually declaring that this is the purpose this is his motivation and so we see uh, on, on, the, on the surface level, it's, it's very clear. One can do something purely shem shemaim. One does it just because it's the right thing to do. It's the good thing, a good thing to do. There are no strings attached. There's no expectation of any kind of personal and subjective outcome. But then there's a, a, a different approach where you can give tzedakah and you can say, I do hope that the outcome of this is going to be my recovery from illness or my children's recovery from illness. Because we are talking there about an outcome, not a driver. And it's really important here to be able to distinguish in one's self-awareness of one's activities and actions, um, to be able to distinguish between a driving force and an anticipated or hoped-for outcome. The driving force is, that's what's driving my behavior. I'm doing it because of that. I'm doing it for that. I'm doing it for that reason. The anticipated outcome is, no, I'm doing it because it's right. I'm hoping that doing the right thing has positive outcomes for me. And that's how Reza Sadiq Gamu, to do the right thing for the right reason, but to hope that there are positive outcomes for oneself, that's uh, that's 100% in order. As long as one is sure, and that's where the self-awareness comes in, that the desire for one's own self-interest is not the driving force, it's not what's actually driving one to do it. So one may do mitzvot in the hope that it gives one a better life. One may learn Torah in the hope that it's making me a better person, that it's giving me wisdom. As long as that's a hoped-for outcome, And not a driving force, not the reason I'm doing it. Why am I learning Torah? I'm learning Torah so as to gain wisdom. I'm learning Torah so as to to have a better life. Uh, I'm keeping Shabbat so as to have a rest from technology. That's not the reason to do mitzvot. I can desire that as an outcome. I'm keeping Shabbat because Hashem wants me to, and I want to keep Hashem's will. And Shabbat is a day of sanctity, and I want to connect to that sanctity. As it happens, a benefit of that is that I have a digital holiday for a day a week, which we now know is so crucially important for for well-being and for human sanity and for the development of the mind. The mind to be able to have at least one day a week when one is turned off from from the, uh, technology is a wonderful benefit, but that can't be the driving force. That can't be the reason that one is keeping Shabbat. And so it is with, with all the mitzvot. Yes, there are all sorts of benefits. The Torah was given in order to refine human beings, but it only refines the human being if the human being does it, not for the purpose of refinement, but for the purpose of this being, the Retzon Hashem. Then it refines the human being. But if we do the mitzvot in order to refine us, in order to make us better people, then we actually miss the full benefit of, of the mitzvot. That's the level of, of self-awareness. Not just to think of why am I doing it and what's motivating me, but really to understand the difference between a hoped-for outcome and a driving motivation. And to understand that while the hoped-for outcome is, is, is positive and perfectly okay, to check very carefully what's really driving the why of why I'm doing something? What's driving the why of the charity I give, of the business I'm building, um, of the deals I do? What is the why? Am I really just doing it to make more money? Am I really just doing it for myself? Am I really just building it for recognition and reputation? Or am I doing this because this is Yeshua, HaOlam? this is what Hashem wants? And through the business that I'm doing and the work that I'm doing, I can be Mikadeshem Shemayim, I can sanctify Hashem's name and I can do and I can do mitzvot. The result of that is I hope that I will have wealth. I hope that I will have recognition. But that's not the driving force. So to be able to manage one's driving forces in everything that we do is the kind of self awareness that the Torah would like us to have.